This episode contains graphic details of murder and other crimes. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to Not Always Polite. I know I've been gone for a little bit. Um, I'm going to be honest, I was just feeling a little burnt out by talking about true crime. And I just felt like I needed to take some time to not, you know. I'm sure that anyone that consumes a lot of true crime will understand. And uh, yeah, I just think I needed a little break. So um, yeah, I guess I don't really need to make excuses why I wasn't here. But I'm back today, and uh, I think I've said this approximately 800 times since I've started this podcast, but uh, I've never heard of this case before, so I'm excited to share it with you, and that sounds weird because this case is pretty horrific, so yeah. Also, uh, sorry for the air conditioner, I forgot how to talk, air conditioner noise, it's hot as fuck in Ontario today, so it's staying on, I'm so sorry, but you're going to have to deal with it. Anywho, so this case, I'm going to just put a little, I know I put the like viewer discretion little blurb at the beginning of all my episodes, but this case is kind of fucked up. So if you are sensitive to the topic of rape, this one probably isn't for you. I understand. I have lots of episodes that you can listen to that don't talk about it. So for anyone that likes to continue with me, here we go. Today, I'm going to be talking about the murder of Noelle Paquette. So, let's get started, shall we? So, this case begins with two people who were described in an article by the National Post as being, quote, like Paul Bernardo and Carla Homolka, or Michael Rafferty and Terry Lynn McClintock, who abducted, raped, and killed girls, to morally bankrupt violent people. And they found each other on social media. Only seven months after meeting, 34-year-old Tanya Bogdanjevic, I honestly don't care if I pronounce her last name wrong because this lady is fucked, and 22-year-old Michael McGregor would rape and kill a 27-year-old kindergarten teacher. Tanya, 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 I'm going to go Tanya, said to Michael about three weeks before the murder, quote, I feel so lucky I can't believe it. I can feed every need. I can fulfill every urge. I feel no shame about what I like or who I am because I'm with you. Um, Have the... Okay, she also writes like a fucking idiot. Or who I am with you because you have the urges, at least the ones that work so perfectly with mine. Sorry about that. I think I had a stroke reading her writing. She also added that, quote, we will be an epic team and stated that they are, quote, a perfect match. So how did these two meet, you may be asking? Well, the pair met on a website and I couldn't find the name of the website. It was also said that they were bloggers. So I don't know if this is like a Reddit page or what. Anyways, it is called a website for, quote, people with interests in sadomasochism. 
sadomasochism. Say that five times fast. They both joined the sexual fantasies website wanting to explore the darkest side of their fantasies. Tanya was looking for others interested in, quote, rape play and had a sexual bucket list that included being raped in a wooded area. She took on many roles in sex play, but her dominant personality was Mistress Ivy, who is, quote, mean, cruel, calm, calculated, and completely dominates all situations when she gets to be in charge. Now, this is all stuff that Tanya said about herself, so keep that in mind. She wrote stories about sexually assaulting teenagers. She said in some of the messages retrieved by the police that she was a teenage victim of sexual abuse at a group home in Sarnia. Oh yeah, this case takes place in Sarnia, Ontario, by the way. Michael described himself as someone who, who could, quote, be talked into just about anything, and he was looking for someone to experiment with me. Um, in reality, Michael is a college dropout and a pizza delivery guy, so, yeah. He said he had a, quote, very high sex drive, to say the least. In the first online connection with Tanya, he said he wanted to be, quote, broken and discover how far he could go in the world of bondage and dominance. The first day they met, he raped her on a trail at a conservation area. She said it was, quote, scary and exhilarating. They kept upping the ante of their relationship. Tanya had a boyfriend and three children at the time and was holding a job as a nurse and a personal support worker. Tanya also wrote about her love of knife play and bleeding. They also posted photos of Tanya leading Michael around a mall wearing a leash. Um, if I saw someone walking a fully grown man around on a leash, I would lose my shit. Like, I don't care what you want to do, but like, please don't do it in front of me. I'm so sorry. Um, they also gave each other nicknames. Um, apparently these come from their favorite cartoon, Archer. Sterling Archer and Lana Kane. So, by November, they started to get bored. I guess walking around on a leash in a mall is only fun for so long. The sex had lost its spark, and they decided that they needed more violence. In early December, they started talking about abducting, raping, and killing a teenage girl. Not long after, Tanya went to Home Hardware and bought a knife. So, I guess they scoped out women for a while. They all were, like, young, petite women. They kind of matched the look that Noelle has or had. Um, so they had a young girl in mind as a victim, but on New Year's Eve in 2012, when they wanted to go ahead with this plan, they discovered that their intended target, quote, wasn't available, which I find hilarious because what do you mean she wasn't available for her murder? Like, I'm sorry. Anyways, Tanya told Michael, quote, may have to take a random. And she spelled have to like H-A-F-T-A. Anyhow, let's talk about Noelle. Noelle Paquette was a 27-year-old kindergarten teacher. She was described as a bright light extinguished by a tidal wave of darkness. Her family and friends say she was vivacious and extraordinary. On January 1st, 2013, in the early morning hours, Noelle was abducted at knife point. She had gone to a party with her boyfriend, but stormed out after they had gotten in a fight. She had tried to get a taxi, but was, quote, unsuccessful. I'm assuming they were probably pretty busy on New Year's Eve, or, yeah, like New Year's Eve. Um, anyways, so she decided to walk home. She last texted her boyfriend around 2.30 a.m., just, mo 
just moments before she was abducted. Noelle was simply in the wrong place at the wrong time. She was seen getting into Tanya's car, who then drove around the block and picked up Michael, who had been following their soon-to-be victim. I know as a woman, if another woman pulled up and asked if I needed a ride, I would be a lot more likely to say yes than if it had been Michael that had stopped. The pair then drove Noelle at knife point 18 kilometers out of town to Mandium, Jesus Christ, Mandium Road, where the car then breaks down. It is then that they drag Noelle into a wooded lot, they rape and kill her. An autopsy later found that Noelle died from dozens of stab wounds. Um, They perforated her heart, lungs, and liver, and other organs, and her throat was slashed, which was the final injury that took her life. So, around 4 a.m. on January 1st, only a few hours after the abduction, two OPP officers find Michael and Tanya covered in blood in their broken-down car on the very same road that led to the wooded lot where Noelle lay dead. No, they didn't get arrested yet. The pair explained that they're into kinky knife play that went awry. They were then taken to the hospital to have their wounds treated. Here they are seen making out, cuddling, and giggling. Around 1.30 p.m. that afternoon, Noelle is reported missing by her mother. On January 2nd, police receive a tip that leads them to Noelle's body. According to the article in the National Post, quote, there's evidence the killers visited the scene to retrieve a knife minutes before police got there. I couldn't see what that evidence was, but apparently there was. On January 3rd, probably at least partially due to the fact that OPP officers saw a bloody couple in the area, they are led to London, Ontario, where Michael is having surgery on his hand. Tanya is arrested in the hospital parking lot. Later that day, Michael is discharged and later arrested at a hotel. Ultimately, the pair ended up pleading guilty to first-degree murder during pre-trial motions. This waived their right to a trial. Since they pled guilty to first-degree murder, this carries an automatic life sentence with no chance of parole for 25 years, which is the maximum sentence in Canada. The pair must also be added to the DNA bank and sex offender registry, and they face a lifetime firearms ban. They also must refrain from contacting Noelle's family and friends. And that, my friends, is all I have for you today. I am going to have some photos of the pair on Instagram. I will see if I can find the photo of fucking Tanya walking Michael around on a leash because I think that would be hilarious. I don't know. I'm just so calloused about this case because it's just so fucking stupid. Anyways, um, I hope you guys enjoyed. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at notalwayspolite. And I will catch you guys here next time for another new episode. Bye, guys. This episode contains graphic details of murder and other crimes. Listener discretion is advised.